Oh, we've got a whole bunch of things to talk to Vaughn Palmer about this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi, and I'm loving uh, Can You Hide Your Lying Eyes as the theme for this morning because I'd like to start. I'm not easily shocked, but I am actually shocked by the report you're carrying on the news this morning that they changed the public health orders again last night and didn't tell anybody. Yes, that's, that is exactly what I was going to start with, because it's a lot of information. It's a bit confusing. We thank Dr. Brian Conway for helping us sort it out this morning, but why not tell people this was coming? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, bless the reporters who do their job and read this, and I know the listener expects us what we do. That's our job. But let me just say something to the listener who also pays taxes. The B.C. government has a communications central office with more staff in it than most of the newsrooms in the province put together. There's more than 200 full-time equivalent staff there. Second, the Ministry of Health has its own communications staff. The health regions have their own communication staff, and again, I don't expect people to be all that sympathetic to reporters, but many of the people in these offices are paid more than reporters in the province. Four, Dr. Bonnie Henry has her own highly paid on-retainer communications consultants who report only to her and help her to communicate with the public. In spite of all that, that giant apparatus presides over a system that changes these critical orders without telling anybody what they're doing and why. And this is the second time this week this happened. Because on Monday they did it. So... I really think that <laughs> a government that claims it, you know, how many times have you heard it, the most, we're the most transparent and open and available government in the face of the known universe, <laughs> they really need to account for what they're spending all that money on communications because it's quite clear that one of the jobs they don't have is to actually communicate. I know. And that was the one that got me. I thought, didn't, is deja vu. Did we not just do this a couple of days ago? And here we are doing it again. So I know there'll be a lot of questions about that today, Vaughn. A couple other things, though, um, I wanted to talk to you about in particular the Surrey Council thing. Because you and I have talked extensively about this charging money for freedom of information. And boy, it didn't take Surrey Council long to say, yeah, I think we're going to do that. Yeah, no, the government's out there going, hey, Victoria's set the signal, right? The NDP government... uh has said, hey, it's okay, they legislated it, you can charge $10 merely for filing an application for access to information, and Surrey Council, which is not known for being particularly open on things, uh, brought in its own $10 fee. So another proud achievement for the John Horgan government on this. Uh, you know, we, we know why they do this, because we have the word of Murray Rankin, who's one of the fathers of access to information in British Columbia. And back when Rankin was a federal NDP MP, he said these fees act like a barrier for the public to apply for information. They discourage the public from applying for information that belongs to the public. So a $10 fee is a barrier. Murray Rankin said he doesn't say that anymore. He's just silent now. But he did say it. And 
Okay, here we go, Surrey Council. Thanks and a tip of the hat to John Horgan. We're going to do the same thing. Make it harder for people to get information that belongs to the public. What really struck me in that is, and speaking with Councillor Brenda Locke, is that she uses the Freedom of Information system. Like She has to use it to get information. She's a councillor, and she can't do it. She needs to use the system, too. Yeah, and interest groups do. I, I was really struck. I see there's been some, some good feedback on this uh, since you did the story yesterday in the conversation. And they're saying, you know, the, the system is so complicated that you can end up having to file four or five different applications just to get the information you want. Because you file one, $10, you pay the fee, right? And then they tell you, no, no, we don't have it. Somebody else does, right? So you file it again somewhere else and you get another $10 fee. And Look, uh, it, that, that's, I mean, that's why they do it, right? They bring in the fee to discourage applications. But that's the whole point. It, maybe the, the most biting comment on this yesterday was the, the person who said they really should stop calling it freedom of information. <laughs> they really should. They really should because that is not the case. And do you think this is kind of the tip of the iceberg? Will yeah, other, other groups I, start to do this? I'm sure other councils out there will be lining up to say, hey, John Horgan says this is okay. Let's do it. Away we go. I think you're going to see a lot more of it and uh, government and government agencies and all sorts of uh, provincial government agencies, they're going to take the same report. And, uh, you know, here we are talking talking about this on a morning when they have the information, they release it, and they won't even tell us what they did and why. They leave it to us to figure it out. Yeah, that is so true. Um, Also want to get an update this morning on Forest Minister Katrine Conroy Conroy and what happened to her when she was attacked. Yeah, so she was attacked last December, and there were reports about it at the time. She was walking home to her place in Victoria from the legislature in the evening. I think it was Tuesday, December the 7th. Um, At the time, we were told she had minor injuries. She was knocked down. Um, Then we discovered it actually was more serious. Uh, She suffered a concussion. She was having trouble remembering what happened. The Victoria police were asking for help uh, from people to try to find out. They were asking. They'd heard there was a a good Samaritan had come to her aid. Uh, Could that person come forward? So yesterday, uh, Conroy's back on the job. She made an announcement on old growth, deferral of old growth logging. But she started off by saying, you know, She's clearly really shaken up. Broken nose, concussion, minor injuries. She said now, a physical injury, she said she's uh, fully, well on the road to recovery. But, you know, a concussion and a broken nose, to me, not minor That's nothing, yeah. Anyway, so um, she's, you know, she's back at work and she thanked people for their concern. Um, The latest from the Victoria Police is that They're still investigating what happened, but the Good Samaritan who came to her assistance has come forward and provided information. So the file's still open, the police are still working on it. But this happening near the provincial legislature, in the neighborhood around the legislature, um, has really shaken up a lot of the politicians. There's There's no indication we've had that she was deliberately targeted, but that's hardly a comfort either. It's just a reminder of what we've heard uh, of the city of Vancouver as well, that neighborhoods that were once regarded as reasonably safe are increasingly dangerous. And so they still need people to come forward on this one. Yes, yes they do. And as I said, it's an open file and, you know, and police are working away on it. Uh, it happened hmm, between 8, I think around 8, 8.30 in the evening. 
clearly there was one person who witnessed it because she got helped up. Uh, she went to hospital, checked out, then went home. But you know, seriously, like as I say, she the one of the reasons they were having trouble investigating what happened is because she had trouble remembering what happened. Uh, you know, I mean, so that it's all as I said, it's it's a pretty disturbing incident here in the capital. And coming at a time when, you know, there are growing public concerns about violence and unpremeditated, you know, attacks and so forth and safety on the streets here in Victoria. I know NW had some good coverage on it yesterday about Vancouver, hearing stories about other places. So this is looming as, I think, a, a, a big issue this year in in a civic election year. Um, you know, again, you see the stories out of Los Angeles and San Francisco and Seattle and Portland. Uh, well, you know, it's different in the States, of course, and worse in some places, but it's still an issue here as well. I think so, too. Uh, Vaughn, thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun and talking about that, that, you know, the idea of the random attack on uh, Katrina Conroy, the forest minister, and how serious that was. And he mentioned the Vancouver situation. I think it's all because of the video of the woman who was attacked that was released by Vancouver police yesterday. Uh, She was just walking down the street right in front of the uh, Hotel Georgia, Rosewood Hotel Georgia, and was attacked. And now they're looking for the public's help. We'll talk more about that case, too, and how unfortunate Unfortunately, it's not an isolated incident. That is still to come on the show this morning.